laughing big heads Dreaming about a premiership cup We love our clubs but they never win Two flags in 100 years The shit house if you think we'll be insightful Clever or just well researched We're here to say that's not the case We'll just go out and wing it We are two guys, one cup it is a Thursday, May the 13th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And Will, I feel I need to apologise to you. I need to apologise to the listeners. We got, would you say, 75% through an episode yesterday. We were almost at the end of a pocket profile, and I looked down and realised that uh, my memory card had crashed and I had lost everything. Uh, 50, 55 minutes in, Charlie. Far so I would say <laughs> we were we were pretty much we done with regular time. We were definitely in time on at this stage. And uh, look, the one thing that I'm really disappointed about. I mean, there was a few highlights. I think that we'll never get back to again. We'll never be able to capture the you know, moment where we realised that Clayton Oliver has styled himself on a Stephen King uh, kid bully uh, from Stephen King novels. I don't think we're ever going to be able to. Yeah, point the finger at Damien Hardwick for uh, being behind the entire Richmond conspiracy and the nightclub incident. I think at one stage you might have suggested that Adam Simpson planted the drugs on Willie Rioli. (laughs) That's probably good that one didn't go to air, to be honest. There's probably a couple of uh, riffs from yesterday's episode that we're glad actually weren't recorded. Maybe your Zoom recorder has made an executive decision on behalf of our podcast. Yeah, actually, now that you're recapping it, I'm like, you know what? I think maybe half that stuff is probably good that doesn't go to air. That can be – well, we have your microphone. So, look, down the line, if people if people are desperate to hear what we – half the conversation we heard, we could release just your microphone. People can imagine what I was saying on the other line. Well, you know what I would like? is Because the only thing I am really disappointed that we lost from yesterday is – that uh, I was really inside the head of Tom Hickey in yeah. the uh, pocket profile, like I was having a, re- I was kicking him straight, you know. Yeah. I, I was, I was, I was inside the mind of Hickey. We were almost as one when it came to the pocket profile. So, I guess that, you know, it's like, it, you know what it's like. It's like those old days of the VFL where not every game was filmed, and so yeah. you would hear this story of somebody kicking like twelve goals straight, but. There was no yeah. footage that actually existed to, for, you know, to see how good those 12 goals were, whether some of them were for the goal square. Yeah, so you're saying that that episode was the Dick Reynolds of uh, Two Guys, One Cup yeah. episodes. I mean, I've heard he's fantastic, <laughs> but there's no footage existed in so how can we really tell? <laughs> I mean, I guess people could grab Tom Hickey's pocket profile I could release my audio of my answers and they could play along at home. They could go through, ask the questions and see me trying to work it out and then try to guess what your convoluted clues were. Well, (laughs) the one thing I'd say about the Tom Hickey pocket profile, he is an interesting cat. Like some very um, non-traditional answers for a footballer, like his ambitions to be a conservationist if he wasn't a footballer. Mm. But perhaps the most interesting was uh, his favourite band or the band he'd like to see play the Grand Final Entertainment. Do you remember the answer to this one? Talking Heads. Talking Heads? (laughs) Like, for a start, I think he's way too young to know who talking... I mean, I barely know who talking heads are, and I'm in my mid-40s. But for Tom Hickey to want talking heads... I mean, the talking heads even tour anymore. I know David Byrne does stuff from time to time, but they don't still tour, do they? 
I think perhaps he's thinking more Futurama style, like with his age group. He's grown up watching Futurama and in the future where they just wheel out celebrities and they're only their heads that can still talk, supported by like futuristic AI. Maybe that's actually what Tom Hickey wants to see at the AFL Grand Final. At halftime, they get the heads of formerly deceased AFL greats and through some sort of AFL engineered AI that Kingy's been working on in the lab, like in his spare time, they managed to reincarnate these former legends of the game and get them out to comment on what's happened so far. You can't tell me that wouldn't be compelling halftime entertainment. It'd be fantastic. You know, a little side note, I always confuse the band Talking Heads with the band Simple Minds. Like I know Simple Minds only really had (laughs) one song. It's that song from The Breakfast Club. Like, I've attributed a lot of success to Simple Minds. That'd be wrapped to know that I keep confusing them for being like talking heads. Wow, they got inside your mind. They said, don't you forget about me, and you didn't. (laughs) Now, will the benefit of having um, 24 hours between uh, recordings of this episode of of Two Guys, One Cup is we did go on a bit of a rant against Carlton supporters. We sort of talked about the state Mm. that Carlton were in. And this nonsense around wanting to trade Patrick Cripps. I read a, a, a message from one of my WhatsApp groups, my footy WhatsApp groups from all my Carlton mates who were saying, trade Cripps, trade Cripps. And then the news has come out this morning that Patrick, Patrick Cripps has been playing with a fractured back that he's been taking weekly pain injections for. Yeah. So I'd like to reiterate my point from yesterday. Fuck you, Carlton supporters. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this was basically the point we were making yesterday anyway, which was he's been carrying that team on his back for the last three years. No wonder his back is fucking fractured. It's been the weight of carrying Carlton fans, Carlton fucking coaches, and the rest of the Carlton team on his back pretty much by himself for the last three years. He's still doing it, still taking hard tags, still getting that best player. Part of the reason that Sam Walsh and the rest of the midfield are getting more opportunities because of all the hard work that Patrick Cripps is doing in the meantime. And we speculated about the fact that he was carrying an injury of some type. Little did we know it was a broken back and he's getting weekly injections just to get out there and play. But apparently, Carlton fans think he's no good and want to trade him. So, turns out there's 18 other teams who want him. And when I say 18, I mean 17 and Tasmania who think they could play in the competition next year if Cripps will go down there and play for them. (laughs) I mean, the thing about Carlton too, like with 24 hours to sort of cool off, we did go on a bit of a rant. In fact, probably if you're a Carlton supporter, it's probably a good thing you didn't listen to the episode. Normally, it's Demons fans that cop Will's wrath. Uh, but this year you've had not much to say about the Demons. And, and as we've sort of speculated, maybe Carlton are the new Melbourne. I thought maybe it was St Kilda for a while. But I think after the performance against the Bulldogs, we can safely say that, that Carlton is the, is the new Melbourne. But if you look at that list, if you look at, you know, uh, Wiedering is probably going to be an All-Australian. Sam Walsh, you know, probably will rate highly in the Brown low. Like they have everything going for them on the field. Do you subscribe to the Teague training wheels uh, concern that that Chris Judd had with his appointment? Are you saying the Carlton list may be fatigued of his approach? Oh, nice. (laughs) Um, I think this, we've just got to see more. I don't think it's, uh, I think it's just too early to be making these sort of decisions. Mm. Like, you know, 
Zach Merritt talked about the idea of like the thing that's keeping him from committing to Essendon is the fact that in the time he's been there, he's had like five different coaches and there's been no consistency of approach and all the successful clubs have consistency of approach. I think that unless you were guaranteed, and this is the real Carlton way though, isn't it? Yeah. Like if there's a Dennis Pagan out there, if there's a Mick Malthouse there and we all know that there's a Ross Lyon out there. Or an Alistair Clarkson potentially. I mean, if you're Clarko... What's the value in going to Carlton? You've got that great young list. I mean, you don't have to really worry about, you know, investing in in trading or drafting. Like, you've got the the framework of a pretty good team. I mean, it's probably almost the same as when he got to the Hawks in the mid-2000s after they got, like, Mitchell and Hodge and, and Franklin. Like, I think it would be an attractive prospect for any senior coach to go to Carlton. I don't think Carlton are as You've bad You've never as... talked me around more quickly. That is absolutely correct. <laughs> he, has got, he has got a ready-made team there at Carlton. That's exactly what Clarko is good at, you know, taking these and Ross of groups Lyon. of players and turning... And Ross Lyon. Oh, yeah. If you were David Teague, I don't think you'd be buying anything that you had to pay off over the next couple of years. <laughs> I think... Th- I mean, I think he would be really concerned, especially, too, because... They would, I was listening to um, one of the footy podcasts and one of the good footy podcasts where they actually give you like facts and information. And they're talking about how like at one of the best and fairest, I think it was a couple of years ago when Teague was the caretaker before he got appointed, he got like a standing ovation from the members or something like that. Gave such a great speech and people felt so good about the way he had sort of taken the team um, at the end of that year that the board was like, well, we can't not appoint him because you know the members are clearly on side will have some kind of revolt i had no idea that members had that much power at a club or at least the optics because i mean if you go by big footy or even like online social media standards members are never happy like members, look at what melbourne supporters are talking about they're still waiting for the other shoe to drop yeah, it's it's members' fault, and you know we can say this because we're both members. Yeah, like it is members' fault that members are treated with such disrespect. Because, like, if you go to the whim of the members, you've got to then say when they're all like basically when they're all getting their standing ovation, you've got to get your camera phone out, you've got to film everyone who's giving a standing ovation, then you've got to go around and you've got to get signed affidavits from those people going, now you're not going to flip-flop on this, are you? Yeah. Like, we're not going to go a few months down the track and then suddenly you're going to think this guy's doing a terrible job and be calling for us to replace him, are you? Because we're about to lock him in and we just want to run the three one more time. Are you sure about this position or are you flip-flopping? Well, if you were Alistair Clarkson, so yeah. it's well, uh, well well, covered now that the, the Hawks are in a bit of a bit of a, a, a dire state, you know, they yeah. they decided to try and kind of, what do they call it, a rebuild on the run or, or top up. They didn't go to the draft. They brought in Amira and Mitchell, who admittedly are probably their best players right now. But when you look at who else they've got underneath that, there doesn't seem to be many people. Do you think Clarko, having won four flags there, you know, prior to Dimmer was probably considered the best coach going around. Do you think he has enough hunger to want to go to another club and win another flag? Do you think he's, or, or do you think he'll go into the ruse direction where he's like, you know what, pay me a million dollars to come in and do two days work a week? Nah, I don't think that Clarko's a two days work a week guy. No, he can't. I mean, I think- how many renditions of horses can you get out in two days? Well, I mean, I, I think that's probably the appeal for Clarko, isn't it? It's like a whole new list to write songs about. <laughs> Like, you know, he's really been dealing with the same rhyming patterns for a lot of years now. 
He tried to trade some new people in, tried to, you know, like come up with some new songs that he could bring into the club. But that is a proper rebuild. And is Clarko in the mood to go through the next three, four, five years, like to rebuild that team to get back into the finals? Or could he go to a Carlton where realistically he could probably look at them playing finals next year with the list that they have? It's ready-made for him, an awesome coach, to prove that he can do it at two clubs, like, he seems like such a Hawthorne person, but it's not like Alistair Clarkson is a Hawthorne person. No. Like, you know, he didn't play for Hawthorne. Like, it's not like he's some, you know... Well, could you get him to the Kangaroos? Like, is that a possibility? Like, you know, the club that sort of gave him his start. That would be a romantic, uh, you know, a footy story. But I could you see him? I mean, what's the appeal of going to the Roos? <laughs> Sadomasochism? <laughs> I don't really know what the appeal well, would be. No, I think that... Like this, I think North probably have a slightly better list than Hawthorne at the moment, but I don't think. I mean, the only appeal of going to North Melbourne is if Clarko really enjoys his trips to Tassie. Yeah, that would be the only thing. If he's like really like, you know what? I love coaching Hawthorne because you know every third week or so I get to go down to Tassie, I get to go down to Salamanca Market, so go and check out Mona. Like maybe Clarko is just really into the Tasmanian trips, loves the spirit of Tasmania. I do, like well, don't maybe don't don't forget though that Hawthorne are due to move to Dingley in the next couple of mm. years, mm. and if the Saints taught us anything, <laughs> yeah, it's once you move down the peninsula, you fall off the face of the earth, like. I mean, even going to Waverley at the moment, it, it would be tough for a lot. Of, like in terms of destination club and getting players to want to go to your club. I think if the Hawks move to Dingley and they lose Clarkson, because maybe there's a bit of kind of appeal to some players about I'd still like to play under Alistair Clarkson. But if he goes and they move to Dingley, they might be in all kinds of strife. I mean, uh, Tom Morris was talking about when he, he was working at the Saints when they were at Seaford and he was saying that like any big fish the Saints tried to land, the one thing that they'd say is, I don't want to be driving an hour out to training each day. Like Dylan Shield apparently wouldn't even take a meeting with the Saints while they are still at Seaford. So it seems bizarre when you, because Hawthorne have just been so successful and you just kind of imagine they're always going to be successful. But if you project into the future a couple of years, they're in Dingley, they no longer have Clarkson, they've got no one, no young players on the list that you're really getting excited about. Like they could be fucked. Mm, yeah. The only thing that makes me think that they won't be is... History. <laughs> all the history yeah. of our lives. Yeah. <laughs> like, pretty much, if you just look back at anything that's happened in the lifespan of us being alive and following football, the pattern is that that will not happen to Hawthorne in that way. That Hawthorne will be back sooner rather than later. Well, I'd like to know from Hawks fans, like, you've had such a... Well, you had a great life. I was going to say you've had a good 10 years. You've had a good life. I mean, when Emma Race uh, did my club, she talked quite openly and without any hint of shame uh, of like, you know, barracking for Hawthorne has made her think that anything is possible in life. Like it's given her this really optimistic attitude in every area of her life because the team she supports does so well. But I wonder, you know, is there anything that could undo that? Like just say this move to Dingley goes terribly, they lose Clarkson, they're in the cellar for the next five years. I mean, how much pain would it take to undo? I don't even want to... I think it's nine premierships that, you know, in my lifetime that the Hawks have won. Maybe it's more. But, like, how much, how much pain to undo nine flags? Like, is there some kind of formula for that? Is it like three um, years of bad for every one year of success? There would need to be like 27 years of, 
have been awful? Yeah, I think so. Okay, three to I one. I think tw- 27 years of not making the finals in a row. <laughs> That's the only thing that would possibly undo all the joy they've brought to your life at this point. Okay, so it's not even not a flag in 27 years. You're saying they no. have to not play. So if they have play finals, not play finals in fun. the next that's 27 fine. years, because we haven't even taken into account all the times they've made the finals in that time and not won the flag. Like, I mean, they have. That's just them winning the premiership, let alone featuring in the finals and being successful. So. I think 27 years, let's round it up to 30. 30 years without making the finals, Sam Mitchell coaches the first 10 of them. Right. That would be enough to break then, their heart. And like, so 10, 10 years they give Sam Mitchell to try to make the finals, never makes the finals, so they have to sack one of their club legends. Hodgie comes in. They're the one, he, he goes 10 years without them making the finals as coach. And then um, Cyril comes back as coach 10 years. They don't make the finals. I think at that point, all Hawthorne fans would feel like it was about even. <laughs> Is it only at that point would it feel like, okay, it's about even? Is it fait accompli that Sam Mitchell coaches the Hawks? I think if Clarko goes to another club, it is. Like, I think that's the good position Hawthorne have themselves in. Like, which is that if Clarko did go to Carlton or if Clarko went to North Melbourne or if Clarko went to one of the other clubs, they could put Sam Mitchell into that position and go, hey, you've got five years, rebuild the team. Let's, you know, start from scratch. He's in the right position. And I think that would be a good offer for Hawthorne fans. I think Hawthorne fans would absolutely get what was going on there. Younger coach, opportunity to, like, you know, build his own team. You know, we'll give them the time. We'll enjoy that. that that's fine. If Clarko stuck around for another three years or whatever, like if, if Clarko's like, I'm not leaving until we're back in the finals, yeah. and so he sticks around for three or four years, does Sam Mitchell stay at Hawthorne for all that time, or is there going to be a coaching opportunity come up for Sam Mitchell at another club? It's a very uh, Malthouse Buckley scenario, isn't it? Where you've got the kind of heir apparent who everyone thinks is, you know, you, you want to hang on to because everyone thinks they're, they're going to be fantastic, but then you've got the old grizzled uh, veteran. I don't know that. I don't know that Clarkson. I mean, I don't know. He's been oddly quiet this year. You haven't heard a lot from Clarko. Like, there's been no nudie runs. There's been no like guitar playing. There's been none of that quirky. Because we were talking about it in in our preseason preview. It's like, what is going to be Clarko's big, like oddball left of centre move? Because we all know that they're on the decline. But you never rule out Clarko. But he's been oddly muted in his approach to the season, even when he sort of took like that, you know, when the saints thrashed him a couple of weeks ago, his press conference was really subdued. And he's like, Oh yeah, we just lost to a better team. There was no mind games. There was no, I just want to see him do something really Clarko-ish. Just come out, change his I look. Mean, I, keep, I mean, wouldn't it be great if he came I, I out keep, peroxide I keep hair? waiting for it. <laughs> I keep waiting for the Clark as a genius moment, but maybe the genius is that he's not wasting his genius moves on a non-genius season yeah like you got like what's the point of like playing all those trump cards when they're not going to achieve anything anyway you just keep them in your pocket you keep your powder dry and you wait for the opportunity when you can actually get back out there and play them again there's no point going to clark what for what reason yeah what's the reason for him to waste one of his clarko's a genius moments do you remember like round four last year so just over 12 months ago they beat richmond and we were all like bloody clarko they're probably going to finish top four. Like, it's amazing how quickly stuff turns in football. Like, 
I was convinced that Hawthorne were just like going to play finals again. And then you just look at where they are now and it's strange. It's an odd feeling to have a, a non It's an odd feeling to have an undefeated Melbourne and a non-competitive Hawthorne. <laughs> like this is... They are bo- so boring. I think that's their major problem. Like, you know, there are... T- I think North Melbourne are quite entertaining to watch mm. at the moment. Or at least there are patches of North Melbourne games yeah. that are quite entertaining to watch. Whereas, like, Hawthorne are Bawthorne. They are <laughs> Snorthorne. They are... Like, it is just... There's not a lot of exciting stuff going on. I mean, even as you said, like, guys like Tom Mitchell, good players, but they're just... Yeah, there's nothing exciting about the way they play the game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like Hawthorne the suburb, really, isn't it? <laughs> like, you know... Dependable, reliable, safe, clean, but there's nothing exciting about it. Where's the edge? I mean, even Jeff Kennett, you can tell, like, like even Jeff is finding it hard to go the full Jeff this season. Mm. Like, he's had a couple of cracks at saying something controversial or going out there and getting in the news, but no one's... I feel like it's almost that thing with Hawthorne where they even get that it's impolite to try to hog some of the attention. They've had so much of the attention. They've had so much of the focus. They've had so much of the good press that it's almost undignified to try to throw themselves into the conversation when they're going so badly. Mm. It's almost like the entire competition has just gone, look, we we get it. You're going through a tough time. Call us when you need us. But in the meantime, we'll just let you be. Let you do your thing. We're not going to get up in your grill. Like, just reach out when you need us. You know who's loving it? Jordan Lewis. <laughs> Jordan <laughs> Lewis is loving Like, he's not saying he's loving it, but you can tell he's loving it. I saw him on 360 last night and they were... Because he, he said, I think it was last year or maybe it was two years ago, yeah. that Hawthorne are playing with fire by not going to the draft. And he's gone, you know, they think they're a lot closer than they are. And, you know, the problem with that is once you drop away, there's not a lot in the, left in the, in the pantry. And so then he was being very kind of, um, uh, 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 he was being very polite in, in his, in his reevaluation of those comments, but they were sort of asking him because apparently Jeff Kennett, when he made those comments two years ago, mm. gave him an earful, like went out in the press and was like, you know, bitter ex-player, blah, 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 blah. Mm. Oh, I, th- I think you'll find, I think you'll find Charlie, uh, in the AFL vernacular, he was shouted down from pillar to post. At the time, he'd gone a little bit too early, but but he had not gone too early. He had absolutely summed up what the situation was, it turns out, and he is doing a very good job of not constantly just going, nya, 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 (laughs) I fucking told you so. Well, he was the player, like, there's sometimes when a player gets moved on or traded, you know, they'll just take, like, when Del Santo went to North Melbourne, he was kind of like, yeah, I get it, you know, the club needs, needs to refresh and, you know, I've got some trade value, I'll go on. That wasn't Jordan Lewis. When he got moved to no. Melbourne, he made no secret of the fact that he was pissed off. Like, he has made a secret of the fact that he's going bald, but he has not made a secret of the fact that he was pissed off. He was so angry. And I love that about him. He's just one of those guys who's really gone with it. Clark is not a fucking genius. And his songs are shit. <laughs> and he's made a mistake with Hawthorne. And fuck you all. Don't you love when Jordan Lewis puts on his fashion specs? When he's doing like, you know, he'll do the halftime analysis or whatever and he puts on those those fashion specs. It's like, who are you kidding, mate? We know who you are. Those spectacles. It's like when Clark Kent puts the glasses on. You are mocking normal men. We know what you're like. You are a head cruncher. No one's buying the fact that you are some kind of like intellectual here, pal. 
You know what I like is he's fine to put on his designer specs and let everybody know that his eyesight is failing. And yet when it comes to the top of his head, <laughs> that's meant to remain an unspoken mystery. <laughs> Why are you playing with fire? Like, I know not a lot of people listen to this podcast, but if there's one person that I wouldn't want pissed off with me, it's Jordan Lewis. I mean, that is a fair point, but I think he's got other people to be pissed off at at the moment. I think his focus is mostly on Hawthorne and Clarkson and, and reveling in the fact that they are doing badly. I feel like there is a uh, a fair amount of schadenfreude going on mm. in Jordan Lewis's life. Jordan Lewis can't lose right now. <laughs> you know, speaking of uh, uh, clubs that are sort of staring into the abyss, uh, another thing that's happened overnight since we recorded the original episode of this is uh, found Zach Jones has done his quad. Another soft tissue injury will probably be out for the rest of the year. And I'm feeling feeling a little concerned. I Look, I, I've sort of resigned myself to the fact that the Saints are probably going to have a middling year where we, we will finish just outside the eight. My feeling is somewhere around the middle of the table between ninth and 11th. But we did do that thing of bringing in a bunch of kind of Hawthorne style, a, a bunch of kind of established senior players, uh, you know, trying to give a team a shot in the arm, which worked last year. But I sort of look now at what we can do with this season, a season in which we're not out of finals contention, but you know we're going to be up against it. We play Geelong twice. We play West Coast in. Uh, we're going to play West Coast in Western Australia. We're going to play Brisbane up at the Gabba. We're going to play the Bulldogs next week. It's it's all we're all got our backs against it. And I think I oh, play the kids, and then I look at what kids we have, and we don't have any kids to play. Will <laughs> like we're playing. We're not playing the kids. We're playing all our. Tradians, that's what we've got to play with at the moment. And I don't know if that is a sustainable model. It was great last year. I really enjoyed that kind of sugar hit of having, you know, the Saints playing finals again, even in winning a final. But I don't really know what the long-term strategy is there. Like you understand, we needed some pace on the outside. We get Brad Hill. We needed some grunt. We get Zach Jones. We bring in Paddy Ryder, who is inarguably our most important player. Like, our best player at the moment is a 33-year-old Ruckman who's at his third club. Now, there is one school of thought which is like, well, your best player is your best player. It doesn't matter if it's Dustin Martin who you, you, know, you took from the, the draft or if it's Paddy Ryder. But I do think there is something concerning about the fact that our best player is a guy we brought in last year who probably has one or two years left. What are your thoughts on this? Where, where did you pick up your best player? At the draft? No, hard rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> he was just, they, he just got left out on the curb by another team. And we thought, I reckon we can still get some use out of that. Turns out we went on uh, Antiques Roadshow and we found ourselves a vintage gem. I think that Ruckman, as we learned from Tom Hickey yesterday, you just got to get to three or four clubs, got to get a bit of age into your legs, a bit of experience, and you come into your prime. There has been reports by Damien Barrett, Purple himself, overnight, Charlie, that there is uh, talk about... Aaron Sanderlands making a comeback I saw in the mid-season draft. 38 years old, Big Sand. 211. That's what they call him over there, 211. I mean, don't you think that is inc- – I mean, I would love to see that. I would love to see Aaron Sanderlands come back and play. It's a bit like the wrestling though, isn't it? Where, you know, like <laughs> – remember when Hulk Hogan came back in the Attitude Era and he had that one great WrestleMania against The Rock and you're like, oh, this is good. There's some nostalgia here. You know, even yeah. Shane Mumford, like Shane Mumford's like 45 years old or something, and he is the yeah. best ruckman at the – like I think Shane Mumford and Paddy Ryder have the same record, which is every game they've played this year, their teams have won. Actually, you know what? 
scrap everything I just said before. Maybe I've got it wrong. Maybe that is the key to success is you've got to bring in an elderly ruckman. As we discussed last week, talent takes a lot longer to spread around the body of a big person. Maybe that's what all clubs should be doing. Don't draft a ruckman in their teens or 20s. Wait till they get to their 30s. I mean, I like the idea that perhaps, because okay, so Collingwood, Port Adelaide, Lee Matthews, of course, worked the entire jumper thing out because we didn't actually speak about that yesterday. But the fact that Port Adelaide, after the game, put on their prison bar jumpers and took a photo of it in the rooms made me laugh so hard because yep. it made all those old, straight, white Collingwood men so oh, angry. Wasn't, a, wasn't it a great um, uh, way to work out all the dickheads who hated it, you're like, oh, this is a good test. Like, where, wherever you fall on this side of the equation, Tony Jones hates it. Eddie Maguire hates it. It's like, oh, this is good. This is good. I'm kind of working out, like, uh, who the dickheads are. I mean, the fact that Tony Jones got chompers, got so upset over it, he doesn't have any skin in the game. He's got absolutely no connection to it. It's just him being this wanker traditionalist. But the one drawback is that it made me like Kane Corns. <laughs> Like, I found myself on the side of Kane Corns, and that should never happen. No, I enjoyed that, because that meant that we just don't have a relentless 100%, like, you know, you got to judge people on their arguments, and even a stopped clock is right twice a day, and I feel like even a twerp can say something sensible if the twerp twerps enough, and... I think on this side, I was like fully behind Kane Corns. I was like, this guy makes a lot of sense. You should listen to this guy. <laughs> Doesn't sound like a twerp at all to me. And how's Eddie Maguire too, bringing up Koshy's nose? <laughs> Koshy's big nose. <laughs> Got personal in there, like, Eddie. Look, you, you know Eddie. Tell me, is this something that he would have cleared with Koshy first? Because it was such a personal... No. No, you don't reckon? Absolutely not. No, but I mean, I do think that there is part of Eddie that... I mean, look, you know, he's, he's a not showman. president of Collingwood anymore. And it's fair to say, even when he was president of Collingwood, it didn't really stop him from getting out there and saying some things that he should have said, some things that he shouldn't have said. He is one of those old school media <laughs> presidents. And Col- and Koshy has clearly modelled himself a little bit on the Eddie Maguire model, right? Yeah. He's come in and he's gone, I'm going to be one of those big media, big presence, big voice for my club. You know, I think... The two people who care the most about this jumper are Koshy and Eddie. This is basically a fight between Koshy and Eddie that they're all kind of, yeah, coming up with little armies to support them and recruiting people who will be on their side. But really, it's just Koshy versus Eddie. So the fact that it then just got personal, that they just stopped actually arguing about the jumper and just started going, you've got a big nose, (laughs) well, you're an idiot who says idiot things, well, I'm going to punch the cash cow. Like... (laughs) I know, but big nose. Like, big nose. Come on. I mean, that is of all the playground insults to go to. What did he say? He stuck his nose in it, and that's a fairly big nose to stick into this. It's a fairly big nose. I'm going to punch him on his big nose. Koshy should have come back with just going, well, you know what they say about big noses? Around the Sunrise Studios, they call me horse, if you know what I'm saying. They call me Dean. Big cocks. Uh, so, uh, whether or not uh, the AFL take any action against Port Adelaide, I don't think the if the AFL are smart, they'll just let this shit play out. I mean, it's selling papers, it's creating like a great subplot. Great. Why would they lay down any sanctions? Because that's the other thing too, that like Tony Jones and Eddie Maguire, like these little whiny bitches were like, well, the AFL's going to have a problem with this. The AFL's going to, they're you know, spitting the eye of the AFL. It's like, well, let's wait to see what Gil has to say. I don't think. But they've... firstly, all the AFL said was that they couldn't play in the game. This reveals 
how ridiculous this whole argument around the jumpers is, like from the Collingwood perspective. Because they're not playing in a game with it. They're just wearing it afterwards. You're allowed to wear whatever the fuck you want in the rooms. Like, you know, yeah. Collingwood wear all sorts of different things. Also, the fact that Collingwood is the only team in the entire competition who doesn't have a proper fucking away strip. Mm. Like, they are the ones who have been not playing by the rules that everybody else in the competition has to play by. And then the minute they're fucking actually completely out of whack, you know, power relationship that nobody else has the luxury of gets yeah. disturbed in any minor fucking way. They have a meltdown. Fuck them. Fuck them completely on this. This is absolute bullshit. If I think they should be able to wear it in the game. Lee Matthews had a great suggestion, which I thought was, you know, really fantastic, which was heritage round is the problem. The contract was signed for heritage round and there is no heritage round anymore. So the easiest way the AFL deals with this is just brings back heritage round. Yeah. And I'm 100% behind that because I loved heritage round. But I think we can combine the last two things we were talking about, mm. which is older Ruckman and heritage round. Yes. <laughs> in that in heritage round, you should be able to play an older player or yeah. but I reckon you know, previously on your list go way old like I reckon get Carl Ditterich back that's what I want to see big Carl out with the headband just belting blokes on the field so heritage round next year St Kilda can bring one player back for heritage round yeah. you get to bring one back every year for like as a each team brings back um a heritage round player yeah. who are you bringing back at St Kilda oh, for heritage round next year Lazar Vidovic for sure <laughs> Lazar was your old school, like even uh, even the score Ruckman. He was like the equivalent of an AFL goon. Like we would have won the '97 Grand Final if Lazar and Spider hadn't got uh, hadn't got injured. But Lazar, especially, I actually heard him on a podcast. There's a Saints podcast I listened to, and he was the guest a couple of weeks ago. And it's fair to say his attitude towards uh, uh, football has not softened in in retirement. Like he's still. I think he had. There's one quote about him, which is. If he had played in the 97 grand final, there's no way Darren Jarman would have kicked all those goals in the last quarter. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so Lazar would hey, be Darren, my first you got pick. some you got some pretty nice things here, if you know what I'm saying. And it'd be real pity if any of these things got broken, is what I'm saying. Who would you back? I mean, the, the Bulldogs have had a history of very famous ruckmen. You've got Das, you've got Scotty Winder. Who are you bringing back? I mean, I would love to see, um, just I had not thought of Das, but I think, can we have a game? People get pissed off when Dust commentates Bulldogs games. What if we go a step further? Because often they'll mic up a player. Oh, yes. But all you really hear is like, here, here, you know, good one, good one, tackle, tackle. Like it's not particularly inspiring. But Das is now a professional commentator. So you could get him out there completely mic'd up calling the game. In fact, he said that he used to during games when he used to play, he would often call the play because he knew that he wanted to be a football commentator afterwards. So he really? combine is that the true? two. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, how annoying. <laughs> He's doing like roaming Das after in the change rooms after a game. <laughs> But don't you think that would be good? I think that actually would work quite well. I think that's a great idea, especially because, like, I think um, they had uh, uh, Nick Natanui. I mean, I mention this show every week, but making their mark. <laughs> Nick Natanui was mic'd up for quite a few games last year, and it was awesome. I mean, Nick Nat especially, because he's actually pretty funny. But to hear, like, uh, uh, like an old-school ruckman like Lazar Vitovic mic'd up as he's gone around belting blokes on the field, I think would be, just for one round, just for heritage round, I think would be worth the yeah, price of admission alone. 
I'd love to see – it's not a Ruckman, but I'd love to see the Bulldogs um, bring back Scott West. Yeah. Just so. Oh, yeah. Um, because obviously this week, Scotty West had a bit of a go at uh, and Bevo. deleted a tweet too, I saw. I mean, yeah, do you reckon he got around, a phone call uh, from someone at the Bulldogs? Or just someone in his own house, perhaps. Yeah, maybe his went, son. It's like dad. Maybe his son who was like, dad, this is not making it any easier for me at work. <laughs> yeah. Like, I know said- that you have the best intentions, but the fact that you have gone on an absolute rant against my boss, the guy who gets to decide if I'm in the team, this is, you have you have not made anything easier for me when I walk into the change room on Monday. There's a famous story about Ross Lyon when he was the coach of the Saints that apparently there was a, a player, I think a, a WA player, whose parents were in town and they weren't happy with the way um, their son was being selected or not selected and um, uh, took the opportunity to have a word with Ross. And then after they left his office, Ross just took the player's name off the magnet board and dropped it in the bin. <laughs> so do you reckon there was any kind of... Do you reckon Bevo read that tweet and was like, all right, Riley, uh, I guess you'll be finishing the year in the twos. I mean, what a, a terrible misjudgment i mean scotty west you know bulldogs legend. legend and has that has the absolute right to his own opinion about these things and when it's your kid it must be incredibly tough to not like you know you want to see him play and he is a good player riley west yeah. he has an absolute crash and but at the moment looks exactly like his dad he like jack silvani it's eerie we are old enough now that we can remember the dads of some of the players running around and Riley West moves and looks just like his dad. It's it's eerie. I think that's why Scotty West takes it so personally. Yeah. He keeps forgetting it's not him. <laughs> He's like, look what Luke Beveridge is doing to me. That is not you. Again, Scott, we need to explain genetics, <laughs> how it all works. That is... Not you, My, but he is. He's on the fringes of our team at the moment. Like yeah. he is one of those players who's in and out of our best team, and. When you're the dad in that situation, even if you have inside knowledge, even if you like you you've just got to bite your tongue. Yeah. You've just got to stay away from the computer because there is just I mean, can I just like put myself in that position of like, you know, imagine if like early on in my comedy career <laughs> your dad like my, called the my comedy dad festival got on, <laughs> like Susan Provens <laughs> giving Dave Hughes better slots. <laughs> like well, you know, oh his shit's all just about being on the dole, isn't it? <laughs> well my son's raised the profile of country areas. Well, it's funny too, like in that tweet, I mean the Riley West stuff is completely understandable, but then uh, Josh Shackey gets a bit of love. From Scott West, which I thought, oh, he must be the only Bulldog supporter who gives Josh Shackey a bit of love. I'm not sure that he did give him a bit of love. I think that was a backhanded. Oh, was it? I thought he was yeah. uh, he was putting Riley and Josh in the same category. Which, oh, no, he, that's right. He said nothing against Josh Shackey, but he's getting yeah. a game each week. Yeah, you're yeah. right. That, oh, I, I completely misread that. Well, while we're talking... I mean, that's about the nicest thing that people say to Josh Shackey, which is nothing against Josh Shackey, but, you know. Uh, while we're talking about Bulldogs players, uh, let's do this week's Pocket Profile Pocket. Uh, as discussed, we originally uh, delved into the mind of Tom Hickey, but that's been lost forever. Uh, but there's another one that I have here, uh, a Bulldogs player, uh, one of the many Baileys that wears the red, oh, white, and blue. Okay, which which one? Bailey Williams. How well do you think you know Bailey Williams? Oh, not very well is what I would actually say. Now, this was a, a user-submitted pocket profile, and uh, she just commented that she thinks Bailey is a fuckhead. <laughs> 
<laughs> underneath this. I've had a quick read through it. There's not a lot of it to me. Like, I think okay. the offense was caused because he, he does try and be funny in a lot of the answers. And so, you know, will okay. comedy is subjective. So whether or not you find his answers funny, that, that time will tell. But um, let's start. With the, uh, with the opening question, which is, um, what is his nickname? Now, he gives four answers here. Comedian. Let me just, in brackets, comedian. Uh, he gives four answers. Two of the nicknames he offers up are the nicknames of current AFL coaches. Dimmer? No. Um, oh, uh, okay. Um, Bucks? No. Um, Clarko. <laughs> No, <laughs> no. Um, the nicknames: one is an animal, and one is a vehicle. Horse, yes, and um, truck, yes. That's two of the nicknames he alleges to have. I don't buy that. I mean, how do you get? Let's reverse engineer. How do you get from Bailey William? How do you get from truck to Bailey Williams? Um, all right. Okay. So Bailey uh, Rumpel Bailey. Or Bailey. <laughs> Well, that's an interesting first choice. <laughs> Rumpole of the Bailey. <laughs> Rumpole, street pole, car, truck. <laughs> um, uh, I don't. Okay, so none of them are Bailey related. There's too many Baileys there that he would like be called Bales or any of those sort of things. I imagine. Yeah. Um, uh, are, are are the others like things like truck and horse? No, one of them is like another, just another name. Um, in fact, there was a, a St Kilda back pocket in the late nineties, early two thousands, whose name was Justin, but his nickname was this. In fact, I'll just tell you his name. Do you know what Justin Peckett's nickname was? Oh no, absolutely not. Frankie, Frankie Peckett. So I'm assuming okay. maybe Frankie Williams is someone. Of note? I don't know. Sure. And then the last really nickname know. is a uh, is a euphemism for someone's teeth. Uh, chompers. Um, uh, also a, a fast food chain. Uh, burger chain. Um, uh, well, not McDonald's. Grill. Not Hungry Jack's. <laughs> Grill. <laughs> So his four nicknames offered up a Frankie, Horse, Grill and Truck. Of those four nicknames, I could see Grill coming from like Williams, Will, Grill, something like that. Or is that too obvious? Here's what I'm going to say. I think this is a Kaiser Soze moment. He's literally looking around (laughs) the room at things. He's just going uh, Horse, Truck, Grill, (laughs) Frankie. Yeah, he's in Bevo's office. Bevo's got Frankie Goes to Hollywood on his vinyl. No, Bevo's got a copy of Frankie magazine because he likes oh, to yeah. keep up with what the yeah. Yeah. You know, young, he's got all the street women press. of Australia are interested in. Yeah. <laughs> As a kid, what did he want to be? Um, An AFL football. Correct. The team followed as a kid. A Victorian team. Oh, okay. Um, I'm going to say he followed uh, Hawthorne. G-Long. Okay. Uh, the best player he's played with. This is pretty obvious. Uh, at the Western Bulldogs? Well, yeah. Yeah. He's only ever played for the Bulldogs, uh, hasn't he? Marcus Bontemann. Correct. Uh, who is your most admired opponent? Relates back to his earlier answer. Okay. So, a Geelong player of some Correct. kind? 
Um, it, it, now, it could be Gary Ablett Jr. Mm. or it could be Patrick Dangerfield. Well, just think, Bailey Williams is a defender, right? Well, he plays like on the halfback flank. Yeah, so, so who would you have like... Yeah, so think about who he would be in the vicinity of most often playing Geelong. Um, like, well, he's too uh, young mm. for Stevie J, so it's got to be like... Not necessarily um, a direct opponent, but he would be in the vicinity oh, okay. of... Oh, I see. Um, Tom Hawkins. Tom Hawkins. Who is your all-time favourite player? I feel like if I give you the club, it's going to give it away. Is it the club that he supported as no, a junior? No. Okay. I'll, I'll give you this clue, but I think I even, I even this guy is such a... Right, I'm just going to say he's a South Australian and played for a South Australian club. He played for... A, Darren Jarman. No. No, a bit more of a smooth um, mover. Uh, a smooth mover, more smooth mover than Darren Jarman. Norm Smith Andrew medalist, McLeod. Andrew McLeod. <laughs> only, there was literally only one that I could think of. I was like, it's got to be Andrew McLeod. I mean, having given that answer, that, that, that clue, like if you had to pick a Port Adelaide, who would be the, who's the, who's the best Port Adelaide player of all time? Because your mind immediately Gavin go- Gavin Right. So yeah, I guess, yeah. Because my mind immediately would go He's a smooth mover. Yeah, I guess so. First player you would choose in fantasy football. And here's where Bailey's comedy stylings. Right. This is, okay. All right. So is this a Bulldogs player? Is he ribbing one of his own teammates? No. It's a Bulldogs player, but he's not ribbing a teammate. Oh, okay. It's a, oh, himself. Himself. Bailey Williams. Yeah. First gag. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, call Susan Proven. Get a stage ready for 2022. <laughs> Introducing <laughs> Bailey Williams. <laughs> if you could ask someone to be your mentor, who would it be? Uh, Bulldogs. I wouldn't say he's the... Well, this Bulldogs player, he's would have late 90s, 2000s. I would say he'd be in your top 10 players of that era. Probably your second... And look, I'm, this is me. I'm probably going to get this wrong. But I'd say he was your second best kick besides Gia in that era. I think he was very durable too. I believe he might have even been a 300 gamer. Daniel Cross. Rowan Smith. Oh, Rowan Smith. Yeah, no, was he, he was a 300 gamer. Yeah, he was a. Yeah, he, well, close. Um, if he didn't play 300, it was definitely. But he was a good kick, close. right? That I think he did. Thing? He was a good kick, but he was more like a good long kick than like necessarily a precision kick, Accurate. is what I would. Okay. But he was terrible. No, he, I mean, he was a legendary player. Good. Uh, nothing wrong with Rowan Smith. <laughs> what other clue could I have given? He had grey hair. He was salt and pepper, wasn't he? That was that was the other thing that was came to mind about Ron Smith is that he was salt and pepper early. Gia was salt and pepper early too. Maybe there is something about like yeah, going salt and pepper early and being a bit of a smooth mover that appears. Like what I love the most, and this came up the other week with Ben Cunnington, that photo of Ben Cunnington. But you know when you look at the AFL and you go, geez, like we're talking before about like, oh, mummy will be fucking 38. Oh, sorry, um, uh, Sandy will be 38, you know, if he comes back and plays. It's so fucking old. Of course, both of us are well in our 40s. I'm nearly <laughs> 50. Like all of these players are, are so much younger than I am. Most of them I could literally be the father of like in age-wise and yet they all seem much more like grown adult men than me. Okay, so I believe this next answer is also a joke. Who would you like to see play the grand final entertainment? And I'm just Googling who 
Um, okay, so it's a former Bulldogs player. Um, okay. I'll see when he retired. He's in. Um, there you go. Uh, yeah, so he he's he's saying this player on the decks. This guy played sixty three games oh. for the Bulldogs. Okay, finished in twenty eighteen. Uh, Tory Dixon. No. Um, you might say he was notorious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The notorious uh, B.I.G. Is that B-I-G-G? what you do with that? Is that what it is? S? <laughs> oh, Shane Biggs. No, Shane what's Biggs. his name? Yeah. Shane Biggs. Shane yeah, Biggs. I've never heard of him before. I assume uh, I assume he was a he was an all right player, was he? Shane Biggs? Mm. I don't know. I've never honestly he, Yeah, no, he was a, he was an all right player and I certainly wrote Tory Dixon off a couple of seasons before he retired as well. 2018 <laughs> was a little early for Tory. Um if you weren't a footballer, what would you like to be? Um so he gives he names another sport and a position mm-hmm. in that sport. Mm, okay, um, so he, so I'm guessing it's not basketball then, because you probably wouldn't necessarily go with basketball if you were going to say a it's position. It's not basketball. Uh, I would like to be. Is it American football? I feel like he's it got is. a bit of the American football swagger about him, and he'd like to be. Would he like to be a quarterback, or would he like to be like a like a at some sort of? I don't know a lot of the names of the positions, so I'm going to say he wants to be the quarterback. And you'd be 100% correct. Well done. That was very well divined. I, I don't think I would have got that. Um, okay. What's a talent you wish you had? And this is kind of like an athletic attribute. This is what he wishes he had. Uh, well, he's got speed. So I, I don't think that it would be that. Um, endurance. No, he's pretty. He's actually pretty good, like endurance-wise. Um, height. Is it something to do with height, like his height? Does he wish he was a little bit taller? He wishes was it an on-baller. On ball. <laughs> <laughs> I wish he had a rabbit in a hat. <laughs> Listen to our other, other podcast, uh, toefop.com. Um, jump. Is it something to do with jumping? Does he no, want the ability you, you to had it. You, you had it earlier. Speed. No. Endurance. Endurance, which seems to be like... I don't know if they're the opposites of each other, but, you know, yeah. <laughs> he wishes he had more endurance. Okay. okay. Um, now, <laughs> in the tradition of body shaming, uh, what makes you laugh? Uh, how little Caleb Daniel is, how tall Tim English is. Some sort of, one of those sort of things. Is it, like, is it... Um, no, it's, 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 it's more related to... Does it have to, to do with... I mean, it, it's it's more in line with Darcy Byrne Jones's comment uh, from a few weeks ago. So, um, it's to do with a teammate. I don't think. Uh, oh, do they smell? Someone's got, let me just is say it, someone. It, someone else. Someone's in the got AFL, bad bo or something again. No, is someone stinks. No, someone's got a shit rig. Will <laughs> it's another shit rig. It's this show has done nothing else in 2021. We've exposed the raft of terrible rigs in the uh, AFL ranks. So, which player at the Bulldogs? has the worst rig. It's a rig so bad that it makes Bailey Williams laugh. Oh, that's interesting to me. Makes, so is ba- like, makes Bailey you... Williams laugh more than Carl Barron, I'd, I'd even venture. And also more than me. So this is, yeah. you know, the... Um, you are not as funny oh, as this player's who, rig. Okay, okay, so give me a clue. Is this like a, like a senior player? Um, is this somebody that I would recognise? Uh, yes, yes. He has an unusual first name. Mm, so it's not Bailey. 
Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe uh, it's not he, Cody White. Cody White. No, I believe no. he might be a father son. Let me just check. No. Um, you know, if you had a pair of pants, <laughs> if you're wearing a pair this. of pants in the seventies, yes, they Rick might Flair? be Rick Flair. <laughs> Is Ric Flair playing for the Bulldogs? I didn't know that. That's who's doing the woos in the song at the end. Uh, that makes a I'm lot of sense I'm just looking now. up some info on this um, guy so I can give some clues because the 70s pants is probably a terrible clue. Um, okay. Uh, uh, da, 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 da. Came Cord. for motion. Played Cordy. for the Zane, Zane Cord- uh, Cordy. Zane Cordy. Zane Cordy. Zane Cordy. <laughs> Zane Cordy. 70s pants? Does that... that Cords? Yeah, no. I, okay, know. I got there. Uh, <laughs> Zane Cordy has a terrible rig. Uh, extra points. What is Zane Cordy's nickname? Uh, and uh, think Fury Road. Um, oh, okay. So, like, one of the characters from Fury Road? Is he, like, named yeah. after... Uh, uh, so, do, do they call him... A minor character uh, from... A minor but very memorable character from, from Fury Road. Oh, okay. Um because I was going to cut, do they call him like Immorton Zane? Which I like. <laughs> <laughs> Zane Arosa. Um, they call him Dorf. Okay, what is it? Dorf. Dorf. Uh, what did you learn about yourself during COVID lockdown? This is something that probably relates to uh, Trevor Barker. Probably Trevor Barker would have given a similar answer if asked this question. If Trevor Barker had ever done lockdown, he might say this. He's not prepared to go that long without sex. Not prepared to be a dad. <laughs> <laughs> What's the biggest thing you missed during hub life? This is a pretty common response with this question. Uh, family and friends. No, family. Fuck, you did this yesterday with Tom Hickey and I pulled you up on it. What did Tom Hickey say? My what pets. does every football say? My dogs. Say? They dog. He dogs. missed his dog. Bonus points. What's his dog's name? Uh, animated character, oh, and also uh, a di- dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> animated character and also a dinosaur. Yeah, uh, T T Rex, uh, Barney. Dino, Barney. <laughs> Barney <the dinosaur. laughs> uh, most enjoyable thing about Hub Life. Oh God, he keeps naming all these bloody Bulldogs players I've never heard of. Um, it's beating Fergus Green at something. I'm assuming Fergus okay. Green plays for the um, Bulldogs. Yeah, sure. I don't know. Um, uh, beating him at like at some video game, some sort of video. Yes, game. exactly. Beating him at FIFA or beating him to death. <laughs> this is his favorite thing to do. Uh, who was the biggest pest during Hub Life? His answer is a bit of a Bailey a wink. Williams. No, 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 no. He gives this answer is uh, it's a he doesn't name anyone. This is more of a wink to the camera kind of answer. Biggest pest during Hub Life. Oh, okay. Um, oh, biggest pest. And anyway, it's like a wink to the camera. Yeah. Uh, I can't say or I'd have to kill you. Is everyone. Like, or, or something like that. Everyone will was perfect. Wink. Wink. Yeah, right. Who's your funniest teammate during Hub Life? Again, a player I've never heard of. Um, uh, but I imagine he is a, he's a Bulldogs player. His initials are CP. <laughs> Um, uh, and it's it's not Christian Chris, Porter, Chris, but 
It could it's be related. Not Chris, it's not Chris Pine. Uh, someone Porter. Okay, I don't know. Who Callum, Caleb Porter. Callum Porter. Callum Porter. Callum Porter, yeah. What's the first place you want to visit once travel restrictions are lifted? Ooh, Australia or international? International. Uh, is it like America? Is it it is like America. It's America. exactly America. What's the favorite sporting event you would like to attend? Uh, the Super Bowl. The UFC. That's the first time I think we've heard that. What's the last TV series you binged on? Um, it was a spin-off of a award-winning Australian movie. Uh, Animal Kingdom. The most famous person outside of football that you have met. Oh, fuck. I've got to Google who this person is. Hang on. Uh... Okay, so th- this probably means that they're not that famous. Is what I'm going to well, say. Well, no, it's just n- no. I think this relate. Either this uh, is a joke. he's a cricketer. You should know who is a, a West is West Indian cricketer. Oh, okay. Um, um, shares a name, first, uh, same first name as The Rock. Uh, Dwayne Bravo. Dwayne Bravo, most famous person. Three famous people you would like to meet. Okay. Here's the clues. One is a UFC fighter. One is a pop star. One is one of your favorite actors. Uh, Conor McGregor. Correct. Female pop star. Also could be a size of coffee. <laughs> oh, okay. Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And the third one was an actor. One of that your favorite like, male or One female. of your favorite actors, male. Who would Bailey Williams like to meet? Who's one of my favorite actors? Um, I believe you've even seen this guy in the flesh, and you've told me that he's more handsome in real life than even on on screen. Oh my god! I believe you walked past him in Los Angeles. Okay. English actor. Right. Oh, Tom Hardy. Tom yeah. Hardy. Tom Hardy. <laughs> Favorite personal <laughs> sports person. That 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 clue didn't narrow it down enough because <laughs> when I was in LA, I often walked past actors, and my major thought was, "Oh my god, they are much more attractive in person <laughs> than they even are up on the big screen." But the one that stands out above the pack, without a doubt, is Tom Hardy. And where did you see him? What was he doing? Uh, so it was outside. I remember it. In fact, uh, so ArcLight, um, the cinema that has just closed, the most fa- the big famous cinema, um, was next to a place called Amoeba Records. Both these iconic, like you know, LA entertainment institutions. And uh, uh, I had been to both of them that day. And I was just walking down the street, and he was walking in the opposite direction down the bottom of Hollywood. And both ArcLight and Amoeba are now gone from those locations. Very sad. That's sad. Favorite team or sports person outside of football? That's a sports person previously named. Uh, previously named, yeah. Um, uh, so, uh, what did we? What did he say? Oh, cricket. Dwayne Bravo, Conor McGregor. What's the oh, best course, sporting yeah. event? No, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> 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 that makes so much more sense. What's the best sporting event uh, you have seen? Something close to uh, your heart, I imagine. Oh, okay. The 2016 Grand Final. 2016 Grand Final. If you had $10 million, what would you buy first? Joke answer here. It's a type of soft drink. 
Oh, okay. Um, uh, it's it's not also like slang for a type of drug, is it? That isn't yes. like a little wink to the camera, isn't it? Like as much oh. coke as I can afford. Yeah, maybe, maybe. I mean, he does sort of soften it a bit by saying Coke Zero, but I didn't, I didn't pick up on that. Maybe yeah. it was. That's what he was yeah. saying. Uh, what was his if you best? You know what I'm saying. <laughs> a little zero after the game. Best subject at school, and I don't even understand this answer, so we're just going to brush past it. He says free lessons. What was? What, okay. what does that mean? Oh, that means when you just get to do whatever you oh, want. Free to do period. For... Okay, so that's yeah, another joke free answer. Ha ha ha. Um, what was your first car? You might say getting behind the wheel of this car would be a mission impossible. <laughs> um, a land cruiser? No. <laughs> <laughs> more, more, more uh, uh, less. Uh, uh, it's a it's a Holden cruise. I can't, I can't even be bothered. Fucking <laughs> giving you another clue on that one. Uh, what's his normal coffee order? This he uh, ten years ago as a footballer, you'd be mocked mercilessly for your teammates for ordering this. But these days, I imagine that it's a lot of players ordering something like this. Soy latte, close oat latte. A dream place you'd like oat to live. Um, in Australia? Nope. In the UK. Oh, okay. In the UK. Mm. Um, oh, dream place you'd like to live. Is he a London operator? London. Is like is he... No, it's yeah, correct. London, London, really? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what would you buy with $10 million? You want to move to London? I don't know. It's, things aren't really quite checking out for me with uh, Bailey Williams. I've got to be honest with you too. Like, I mean, you're not going to get much for $10 million bucks in London. Like, if you get, like, it's a pretty expensive place for real estate. Uh, what would you like to do post football it's a very humble answer um retire and have a quiet life anything that pays the bills like selling bloody coke zero in london if you ask me <laughs> that's where bailey williams is, <laughs> is headed hey mate you uh, need any uh tr- you need your horse you need your truck what <laughs> else you need your grill you want some grill i got some grill if you need some grill uh, well, let's uh, wrap the episode up by getting to some our uh, mailbag. If you want to send us a question, you can follow us at, at Two Guys One Cup AFL on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget, our tips will be happening later today, five PM on Instagram Live. But for now, uh, Phoenix wants to know how uh, can I get some advice for Demon supporters on how to keep a lid on, please? I mean, at some stage, a lid has I- to come off. You got to let a bit, little bit of squirt. You got a little bit of pressure out from time to time. Don't take it off completely, but enjoy. Like, you know, it's a hard-fought win against the Swans last week. I, I, I'd enjoy that. Next time you beat, like, a top-four contender like a Geelong or a Port or something, enjoy that, but then put the lid back on because you don't want to then lose to North. The lid's off. The lid is absolutely off. You can't keep the lid on at this point. What I've noticed is it's just you, you're now starting to hear all, like, the quirky stories out of Melbourne. You know, for years we haven't really been interested in, like, the... It's like this show that's on, but you're just like, I'm not going to invest in the storyline here. It's like... You know, we kind of got that Max Gorn's thing and there was a couple of other characters. But now, like, even the fact that, like, on their forward line, they have Ben Brown, who's a vegan, and they have Tom McDonald, who's on a only meat diet at the moment, is, I just think, like, we're now hearing th- about the quirkiness 
yeah. of Melbourne. We're starting to hear those little like, oh, isn't that adorable? Look at the balance yeah. they have on their forward line between the guy who only eats meat and the guy who only eats vegetables playing alongside each other. <laughs> Lee uh, was, gave us the uh, two guys one cup cup trophy a couple of years ago. He wants to know how is it, where is it? Do we change scarves on it depending on who wins the Saints Dogs game? I believe you was I. Who was the last winner of it? I can't even remember. It must be me because we won the finals. But I don't have it. Have you got it? Yeah, I've got it. It's uh, at my house in uh, Sydney. It's it, I saw it when I was down there. Have the flags been changed since the last victory? I believe not because it's at my house and why would I do that to myself? <laughs> why would I for the only person who was going to see it? Like, Can you imagine how sad that moment would have been after the final if I just had to walk back out into the office out the back of the house, get change the tiny the flag out, change it over, just like one tear just j- rolls gently down my face. Well, I think uh, after next week when we play the Dogs, you'll be right just to leave it as a Bulldogs flag. I'm not feeling too confident about that game. Uh, Michael wants to know, what other ways can Port get their prison bars into games without technically breaking the rules? That's a good question. Tattoos. Full torso tattoos of the prison bars. I mean, what what would the AFL do about that if Port Adelaide, in the week before the... (laughs) So, in the week, the bye week they have, um, before the finals, if Port Adelaide went in and they all got prison bar tattoos on their torsos, like, would that heal in time for... Because you can't... I mean, obviously, it's going to be hard to be tackled in a game if you've just gone in and got a full body tattoo. So <laughs> how long after a full body tattoo are you going to be able to go and play again? Is it an off-season thing? Do they have to do it over the off-season next year? They have to, like, you know, some clubs will, like, as they get towards the end of the season, they're like, oh, well, we're going to send this person in for an operation. At Port Adelaide, is there a chance that they just say, look, we're sending him early for a tattoo? Yeah, he's not going to get back should. for the rest of the season, so he's right down at the tattoo parlor getting the prison bars on him right now. I mean, if you want to, though, if you want to if you want to enhance the reputation of Port as being like that tough working class club, you win the first final, you get the week off for the prelim, in that week off you get the bloody tattoos done, and then you come out and you play. Even when you're hurting, that that would you'd be stuff of legend. Or if I mean that would be stuff of legend, but tough if you get traded afterwards. Like it's a tough cover up, <laughs> especially if you get traded to Collingwood. What about if they're really committed to this idea? Um, you know, often when premierships are won, the players will get like a tattoo, like they'll get like you know like an emblem on their ankle or on their shoulder, that sort of thing for the premierships. What if Port Adelaide pledged that if they win the grand final, that they all go and get the prison bar tattoos tattooed on their torso? Yeah, I reckon that's yeah. They should definitely do that, and then get traded to Collingwood. Uh, Phil wants to know which player is top of the X Factor leaderboard this year. Uh, has to be Cosy Pickett, right? He is the X Factor king. Jeremy Cameron is my other X Factor that I'm going to say now. Like, I no, 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 like... no. Don't confuse barometer with X Factor. He's the Geelong's okay. barometer. I don't think he's the X Factor. I'd say that Gary Rowan's more X Factor at Geelong. You know what? You might be right about that. Gary Rowan has a lot of X Factor about him. And I think Gary Rowan, well, it was funny even last week, wasn't it? When Chris Scott was like, yeah, look how good Gary Rowan is. Yeah, we see that too. We don't know why you can't do it all the time either, but we'd love if you could. Like, we're totally on board for him being the best player in the league at all times. Turns out it happens like once every six to eight weeks. 
I mean, that comment where he said, if you look at his highlights package, you'd think he was the best player going around. It's like, best yeah, Chris, of that's, what highlights, yeah. that's what the highlights packages are. But no, but I think he's kind of right, which is that his best is so good that if you cut out all the stuff that isn't his best, it would compare with anybody else's best. It's yeah. just his consistency of playing at that level that he's been hard to replicate. Reese wants to know, is the abundance of long-flowing locks the Bulldogs any danger of becoming a trip hazard, therefore impeding the abundance of smooth movers they have? Mm. Not yet. I mean, at some stage, if the hair kept growing, I suppose, but... I believe it aids Aaron Norton in flight. I believe his mullet is what enables him to soar over packs so majestically. It's like a hang glider. Well, the other... Other thing is, it's very good if your opponent's directly behind you. You just kind of flick your head. <laughs> the hair gets in their eyes. They can't see where the ball is. Mick uh, was say, says, I was hoping to tour a footy factory. Does anyone have the directions to the Calder Cannons of the Geelong Falcons footy factories? I like to think of those footy factories. I mean, I love the talk of a footy, footy factory. Anywhere that's produced a couple of players is suddenly a footy factory. Yeah. But I, I, I would like the idea that there were actually footy factories. I think we've got to get Russian and, and these academies, we've got to get a little bit more, you know, Russian Chinese training on these things. We've got to put these young AFL players immediately into factories. Clearly, from every player profile that we read, none of them like school anyway. Let's rip them out of school at 14 or 15, get them working in some footy factories, making Sharon's. You know, if you really want to understand the mechanics of how to kick the ball, you know what you need to do? Make a few footballs first with your tiny little nimble hands. <laughs> Jeremy wants to know, how does Fife's haircut align with the introvert-extrovert scale? I think it's perfect. I think it actually uh, suggests extrovert, but then when you talk to him, you think, oh, this guy's a bit of an introvert. Yeah. I mean, it's shaved at the side, but long on the top. Never has a haircut represented the dichotomy of a player more than in those moments. It is both introverted and extroverted all at once charlie wants to know what's the latest matt up dat uh yes uh, we 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 talked about doing some rowling coverage this week he's been so quiet every week i go to the socials i'll put his name into google news not a lot going on um uh with matt rowell uh peter wants to know if you could change any team's colors which team and what would you change it to well having just been on the gold coast to watch the saints suns game i would change the gold coast colors like up close and a uh, gross they I, I didn't didn't strike me until i was there it's like oh these are meant to be like lifesaver colors the red and the red and yellow mm. of lifesavers they're horrible and they have the worst guernsey they're the worst logo they need a complete overhaul of everything at the gold coast they need to bring in and you know what i don't know what their indigenous guernsey looks like but i think they should stick with that forever because the indigenous guernseys tend to be better than the <laughs> traditional guernseys so the gold coast tony cochran should just bloody do some decree and just say we don't play with that horrible corporate logo anymore indigenous uh, for every round you know what i love the most about that was that was a real tony cochran way to make a decision the way that you've just rolled into that i haven't seen their indigenous one <laughs> but let's lock that one in forever because yeah. i assume it's better uh, Darcy uh, wants to know a thoughts on introducing a rugby style rule where play continues post siren or until it's out of play or there's a ball up uh, right no I like the siren I think it gives it some uh, gives it some extra spice knowing that there's a there's a countdown clock uh, I don't think it would continue much anyway is the real answer I think that they would quickly find ways to immediately shut it down 
Matt wants to know, I see a lot of comedians follow different AFL clubs. Could we have a laugh-off where each comedian represents their club? It could get competitive. Yeah, and the best player wins the Carl Barron medal. That's what I reckon. Hmm. Exactly. Well, as long as we don't have all the players in the audience because we know who'd fucking win, whoever Carl Barron barracks for. Uh, all right. Well, that brings uh, two guys one cup uh, to a close this week. Don't forget to go to tofop.com to check out some of our other great podcasts. Will does a really, really great one called Willosophy. Who's on this week, Will? Uh, Melissa Doyle. Mel Doyle, the uh, journalist. She's got a new show called Age Against the Machine, which is about uh, women and their relationship to aging. But I, I, it's one that I highly recommend to men and women to listen to. They look at all sorts of aspects of society from First Nations people right through to influencers and what the connection between, you know, aging is and how it's represented in our society. It's a really cool uh, series that she's put together and I really enjoyed having her on Philosophy on FOFOP this week. Justin Hamilton is back for a HamoFOP. It was great fun, so you can check that out as well. And TOFOP, we do a spirited defense of the movie Point Break. Some of you might know that an article came out in The Guardian. Was it? No, Sydney Morning Herald uh, last week, uh, decrying the original Point Break. And so Will and I do a very, very in-depth analysis of why Point Break is one of the greatest films of all time. In fact, as we're doing this podcast behind Will, he has a Point Break poster hanging on the wall behind him. Don't forget, you can follow us at Two Guys One Cup AFL on Twitter and Instagram. Our tips go up on Instagram Live at 5pm every Thursday. But for now, play on, not 15. Bye. We are two guys, one.